April 25th, Vickers and Steinberg from our Sportsnet 960, Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Hopefully your Tuesday is going along well. A big Tuesday in the city of Calgary. Welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Make patio setup easier for your staff with a key to like system. Just one key to lock all your padlocks and doors. Visit CalgaryLockandSafe.com. We're coming at you. On this Tuesday, and we're available live on Sportsnet 960 The Fan and wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get them. Let's go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. With new product families, member rewards, and sale events, you'll find more quality, more savings in every department every day at Calgary Co-op. Hi, Vicks. Aaron Vickers with us uh, this hour on Flamestock. How are we doing? I'm not doing too bad. How are you doing today on I'm a well. fine Tuesday? You know, I'm excited about... What we heard from everybody involved at Tuesday's news conference in Victoria Park, the site of where a new event center will be, or as they're calling it, the Rivers District Master Plan. Um, And I think everybody, when we heard the news, was a little taken aback by the scope of the project. I don't think anybody expected, because the the original numbers on the last one that scuttled were... Nowhere near the $1.223 billion total that is involved in this one. Now, in saying that, the scope of this is significantly larger with a community arena slash practice facility or however you want to name it involved in a new event center. And so the total scope of this new Agreement in principle over $1.2 billion, uh, of which $537 million, or almost half, will be committed by the Calgary uh, City of Calgary. $356 million committed by Calgary Sports and Entertainment. And $330 million is committed by the province of Alberta. Now, there's a lot of things that people are asking questions about. Number one, I think the first thing that, that came to many minds, and... Flames Talk does not get political very often, and we're not going to get political, but I'll just ask the question. We don't know who is going to win the upcoming provincial election. We don't know if Premier Smith's uh, current ruling party will remain in power or if Rachel Notley's NDP will win the election. I'm not smart enough to be able to know who's going to win. I don't know. But the question was asked in the news conference earlier on Tuesday, and it's I think the number one question on my mind If the UCP remains in power, then I think, yeah, this goes forward. If the UCP does not and the NDP wins the election in May, what does that mean for this? Um, And I, fingers crossed that it would mean that it would go forward. But I think that is the number one question is how contingent is all of this going forward on the upcoming provincial election? And again. I'm not getting political on it. I just don't know the answer to that question. And I think that would be my number one question in terms of 
this going forward. Well, and I think that's fair because when you look at the numbers, 330 million up to 330 million from the province, that is ballpark it at 25% of the entire budget, which would cover infrastructure, roads, bridges, uh, land reclamation issues. Uh, again, that thousand seat uh, arena that's going to be attached to the new facility, the new event center. I can't imagine that it'll be long before the NDP makes a comment on this, given the size, nature, and scope of the project in Calgary and how it affects the province as a whole. It's certainly going to be an issue. It's going to be a campaign issue, an election issue. It's going to come to the forefront. And I'd have to think that the project itself is contingent on 25% of the bill being footed by the province of Alberta. Yeah. So that would be my number one question coming out of all this. My number two question was on timeline, and I don't think that we have really... I would suggest that you got to go through a provincial election first. Then, as Premier Smith said, they have to then vote on this, and it has to be approved provincially. Um, And then you go from there. So I would suggest that once this, if this all gets finalized, maybe we could be talking about shovels in the ground next summer. That that feels like a, and that's that's just old dummy Steinberg <laughs> with with very little knowledge or or expertise. Well, no expertise on this. This is just your everyday sports talk radio guy, uh, sports talk podcast guy, um, speculating. But it feels like. Sometime next summer would be a realistic date or next spring for when you could get shovels in the ground, but that would just be me speculating. And obviously they did not have any answers to that. And understandably so. I get why there were no answers. Yeah, no answers. And I wonder how accelerated the original plan could be. If you look at it, if I'm not mistaken, the original deal, which was for 550 million split 50, 50 between the city and CSEC. I believe that was agreed in principle upon on July, 2019. And then the deal fell apart before, I believe, shovels were supposed to go in the ground, shovels being the metaphor, I imagine Last tobacco. Summer. Wasn't it supposed to be sometime around January 2022, or was that's when they had to finalize the deal and then shovels that's were going when, in in the summer? Yeah, that's when the deal had to be finalized, so December 2021 is when things fell apart. So I imagine pending election and pending the provincial contribution, they're going to want to accelerate that, because if you look 2019 is where they are today. So they've already lost four years on this project. Mm -hmm. So I imagine urgency, it's funny because we talk about urgency a lot on the ice, urgency off the ice is probably going to be a thing here in terms of actually getting this project up, started, running, finished. Yeah. So we don't have any answers on timelines, understandably so. And then I guess my number three question would be, and again, we don't have any answers to this, but... What the heck does it look like? What does the event say? That's that's the, like that's my number one question, but it's actually my number three question right now because we still got to get to this even being a reality. I think that the 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 correct way of phrasing it right now is this is a step forward, and there's an agreement in principle. And go listen to six sixty news or or watch city news on television uh, for people who know more about this stuff. But I step forward. Better than where things were, significantly better where things were in 2021. And it feels like you've got a number of people who all want to get this done and who are all working in lockstep. And I know that we have had a few of these fall apart most recently in December 2021, which I think 
scarred all of us and, and, and made many of us skeptics and cynics on this whole thing. There are still hurdles to clear and, and I's to dot and T's to cross when it comes to this thing getting truly rubber stamped and ribbon cutting and shovels in the ground. So I think agreement in principle, positive agreement and encouraging agreement in principle with still some hurdles to clear is the way that I would read things from this layman's perspective. Yeah, I would say that's fair. What I'm most curious about at this point is what are the add-ons? We know that there's a practice facility slash community arena that's going to be attached to the new event center slash hockey rink. That was... $30 $30 million of the provincial money that was slotted out of the 330 was to go to that 1,000-seat attached arena. But we're almost double the original scope, which was just basically an event center slash an arena. So I'm wondering, and yes, there's going to be a, a lot of roads torn up and redone and, and remapping of the area and everything. I'm just wondering, we, we heard community spaces, multiple community spaces, but... We don't have pictures. We don't have maps in front of us. We don't know exactly what this all looks like. What kind of footprint is this going to take in East Victoria Park? I want to know what else is there other than the arena and the practice facility that's yeah. attached. Agreed. And and you obviously have the BMO Center expansion going on right Correct. now, which looks pretty badass. And it's going to be awesome when it opens. Blocking my view of the fireworks at Stampede. I'm going to tell you that right now. You know what? And uh, Vickers Old man, view, grumpy Vickers. Vickers' view is the only thing that matters to Calgarians. I, I'm with and you. And I, I appreciate Calgarians rallying, rallying around my plate. Uh, let me just hit you with a few texts that, is, that have come in throughout the Tuesday afternoon. Uh, this says, I missed the start of the news conference. Did they say the exact location and what the plans are for the Saddle Dome after? So the exact location is the same spot that the prior agreement was going to be held at, just north of the Saddle Dome. Literally. Um, exactly, just north literally just north of the Saddle Dome. And yeah, the Saddle Dome will be torn down under this new agreement. So that is one question that we do have answered. Mike wonders, um, missed most of the announcement. Was anything about the design discussed? No, that is still next step territory. We don't have anything in that regard. Um, This says a lot of unanswered questions on costs and government going forward, which leads me to believe that this is far from a deal, a lot of politics and no substance. Um, This says what happens if the UCP doesn't win the election? Is this toast? I don't know. Shub says, I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, This says, so excited about this. Finally, some good news for the team. They needed it. This reads, very happy to hear a community arena is attached. Good for the people downtown and great for the Flames to use as a practice facility. This sounds like there are too many ifs to get excited. Call me pessimistic, but I'd rather be cautious. Until it's done, it isn't done. And, and I, I do understand that side of things, and I do understand why you might feel that way at this point, because here we are, and and you know, it's been a year and a half since December 2021 almost, and... Um, and we still don't have a building in this city that is to replace. We all love the Scotiabank Saddledome. It is my second home. I've seen every nook and cranny of that building, but it's time. And and so we want something done, but at the same time, I understand the pessimism involved in this whole thing. Well, yeah, this is round two. This is stepping up to the plate a second time. The first deal didn't go through, and if you look at the original timeline, we wouldn't be that far off from starting a new season in the whatever they're going to call it, the new dome. And so suddenly from you're, you're basically step back four years from where this process was beginning. And again, they'll probably expedite stuff. There'll be a few hangups. You mentioned the election and the provincial money that'll be tied to this, but yeah, let's, 
clear some hurdles and once shovels are in the ground, to me, that's the moment to get excited. Uh, and as that text said, um, until it's done, it isn't done. We actually were able to track down Dion Phaneuf, and uh, he has his take on the uh, the new arena project. I- I'm optimistic because until it's canceled, it's not canceled. Wow. Dion, couldn't have said it any better myself. Uh, it's Vickers and Steinberg with you. Sports Drive underway. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Make patio setup easier for your staff with a key-to-like system. Just one key to lock all your padlocks and doors. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. This is Flamestock. Join the conversation at 960-960. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let me uh, read you a few texts uh, before we dive in on the Daily Flames roundtable. Dylan says... The Dion poll was elite. Yeah, I was pretty happy with that. Agreed. Um, this says, I'm optimistic. This from Sean, by the way. I'm optimistic. The provincial funding for interest is for infrastructure, which the city would ask for anyways. The bulk of the financing is from the city because of the improvements to said infrastructure and them getting more properties they're able to utilize for public functions. And the Flames hopefully get the arena they want. That's from Sean. This says, I don't think the provincial money's in question as it checks boxes on downtown revitalization under both party platforms. Timing feels all about owning the news cycle on the eve of the election. Personally, I'm on the fence about it, but I think it'll happen. And finally, my thoughts, the unanimous vote by city council is significant to getting the deal done. The Rivers District, a priority for the city. The NDP will support the arena if they win. They may haggle, but the unanimous vote helps them back it. With oil prices, the province has all the money in the world and it wants the 2030 Commonwealth Games. It's political. That's how things get done. There's just a few more texts on today's event center announcement for the city uh, at 960-960. It's Steinberg, it's Vickers, and now your Daily Flames Roundtable, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. It's not too late. They've extended their 4% loyalty rates on all in-stock 2022 models. Mercedes-Benz Country Hills, just minutes from the Calgary Airport. Now the voice of the Flames, Derek Wills, joins us. We will talk on ice things in just a second, but right now, Wilsey, Vickers and I have both given our thoughts on the news of Tuesday. Just curious as to uh, what you've heard and your thoughts on a brand new event center announcement. Well, it's a long time coming. And in my opinion, this is a really exciting day for the city and obviously for CSEC. Uh, Because we haven't traveled the last few years, I haven't been to the two newest buildings in the NHL, uh, UBS Arena in New York and the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, but I've been to all the other ones. And going to all of the other arenas in the league, you realize how, what word should I use? Dated? (laughs) The Saddle Dome is? I mean, it's not a bad place to watch a game when you're sitting inside the bowl, but you just don't have the amenities that you do in every other building in the league. And uh, some buildings have a lot more, some have a little more, but they all have more. So I just think this is really exciting news. Uh, And Hey, it means not only do we have uh, a better place to watch hockey games and lacrosse games, but more concerts are going to be coming to town. And it sounds like it's going to be an unbelievable, not just event center, but, entertainment district and i really think that's going to help revitalize the downtown area so really exciting day and uh 
kudos to all the people who did uh, all the work going back to the late Ken King, who was really passionate about this project, to John Bean, uh, everybody with the City of Calgary and City Council, uh, obviously the, the Stampede Board. So many people uh, put a lot of work, a lot of time into making this happen. And uh, it's exciting that we're getting pretty close to uh, putting a shovel in the ground, hopefully. Yeah, that uh, it was it was cool news, and uh, I'm glad that we have something to sink our teeth into, despite the fact there are still some hurdles to clear. So that was uh, that was super neat. So for the first time this hour, let's talk about the team on the ice, as opposed to you know what's going to be surrounding the ice they play on, hopefully in uh, the not so distant future. Um, I want to play you this clip, and we can get into this for the next 15 minutes or so. Uh, this was Elias Lindholm 10 days ago on Locker Cleanout Day. Would you consider uh, opening contract talks about an extension here? Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I got one more year and, and you know, I'll, you know, kind of look uh, look at, at it that way and, and uh, you know, um, you know, got one more year and, and that's all I can say. So that was the most non-committal answer we got from a player when it comes to their future with the Flames, at least when it comes to guys who are entering the final year of contracts. So guys, knowing what you heard from Elias Lindholm a week and a half ago and knowing just the overall situation with the Flames right now, how would you handle the Lindholm situation starting this summer? Well, the first thing I would do is tell him uh, about the fantastic new arena you're going to (laughs) build. And I say that tongue-in-cheek, but hey... If you don't think that that's a factor for players, you're mistaken. We heard uh, some guys talk about it this season. We heard Mackenzie Wieger talk about it when he addressed the media at the end of the season. So uh, that would be one thing, even if it's a small thing. I think that would help. Uh, But you have to figure out what would lead him to wanting to get a divorce from the team, for lack of a better way to put it. What can you do to... Uh, incentivize him to stay. Obviously, money is going to be a big part of that. And he's going to get paid. He's a four-time 20-goal scorer. He's scored 19 or more in each of the last five seasons. He's become one of the best 200-foot forwards in the NHL. And a guy who I think, even though he had a down year, I've still heard a little bit of Selkie talk. Uh, Not that he's going to win the award, but uh, that he'll be considered for the award for a second straight season. And I think he is perennially going to be a guy who is in the running for that award. Uh, Figure out what it's going to take to to keep him here. Uh, What is in your control? What isn't in your control? And there are decisions that are probably going to be made between now and the start of next season or at some point in time next season that could impact uh, his willingness to to even start to talk about a contract extension. Uh, I don't know what was said during his exit meetings, but I'm sure uh, like a lot of guys on the team that he was open and honest about uh, some concerns that he may or may not have. So uh, I think you have to address those with the player and you have to decide if if he's willing to sign here long-term and if you believe that he isn't, then I think you have to take a look at your other options. We're not talking about Michael Backlund who you drafted and developed and who has played almost a thousand games for the franchise. Now I would hate to see a high-end player like Backlund or Lindholm walk away for nothing, but I think you can probably swallow it a little bit easier with Backlund than you could with Lindholm because of where they're at in their careers. And, 
because of the type of package that you could potentially get for Lindholm if you get to the point where you don't think you're going to be able to extend him and feel like you have to move him to get something in return for him so he doesn't walk away for nothing. So uh, some work probably has to be done to, to figure out if he's even open to staying in Calgary long term. And if he is, what's he going to take to make it happen? And then you figure out if it works for the player and for the team. If it does, great. If it doesn't, then uh, I think I'd have a hard time letting Elias Lindholm walk away for nothing at the end of next season. Yeah, for me, it's all about due diligence. And the first call you make after you get hired as GM of the Calgary Flames is to the Elias Lindholm camp and figure out is he open to an extension? Is he looking for X term and X dollars? And then you evaluate your situation and go from there. If he's not willing to resign, then you simply put him on the market and see what you can get for him this summer. Because I believe that the biggest return in terms of trade for Elias Lindholm happens over the course of the summer, whether or not it's leading into the draft or sometime after the draft. And you know, you got to layer in free agency there as well, because that's going to be a factor. If he is interested in signing long-term, you need to know those numbers and you need to know how to plan your budget, both in the short-term and the long-term. You need to know what his ask is in order to remain a member of the Calgary Flames. And even if you do get that ask, I think it's worth considering seeing what you can get for him on the open market because I do believe he is Calgary's most valuable trade asset right now. And I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't at least send feelers out and to me, it is a little bit different than the Michael Backlund situation because I, I firmly believe that if Michael Backlund opts to not want to sign an extension while you're in the season, I still think you can get 80 to 90% of his value at the trade deadline. Whereas if you're able to ship off Elias Lindholm in the offseason fully knowing that he's not committed to signing an extension for your team, I think that's where you maximize your return as opposed to in-season. Yeah. I just, guys, I think, I think you have to be okay moving him this summer if you don't get a deal done. Like, if you're talking about you can start negotiating, hint, hint, wink, wink, now, but technically July 1st, but if you're in a situation where you're, and and look, I have the number one priority is signing Lindholm to a long-term extension. And, And paying a market value, which would probably be somewhere between eight and nine on the open market. Just ballparking for a guy who gets you, I think, perennially is in the 70 to 80 point range. Uh, and, and Wilsey, you already talked about him being in the Selkie Trophy conversation. He really compares nicely player-wise, albeit a little bit younger at this stage, to Ryan O'Reilly. And he's at six and a half right now, and that contract was signed years ago. So I think somewhere in the eight to nine million dollar range, maybe closer to to eight than nine, but somewhere in that range is probably where Lindholm is on a long term seven eight year deal. And I think signing him to that deal is your number one priority. But if there is not a ton of interest coming back from the other side, or there is not a lot of movement, or there is not a lot of back and forth then I do not think that you can put yourself in a situation where you're like, ah, oh, we're doing too well. We can't trade Lindholm at the deadline. You got to yeah. go out of your way to not, to not put yourself in that spot uh, because we saw what happened with Johnny Gaudreau. And, you know, Johnny is even a little bit different. That's a guy who drafted, developed by the team. This is a guy that you acquired. And while he's been a great flame and the 
number one best outcome is keeping him for the rest of his career as a member of the Flames. But if you're not getting the feel or it's not moving in that direction in the next three or four months, then I think you have got to be okay making a deal. There's no trade protection. You're you're going to get, I think, ridiculous value for a guy who's under $5 million and you're going to get a full season of him and then you get an opportunity to re-sign him as well. Maybe a deal comes with a new contract extension. Who the heck knows? But I just I don't think you can be afraid of moving this player this summer. I don't think you can be afraid of making your team less competitive just because you don't have this player if he's not going to sign. You need to maximize him, and in this case, maximizing him to me is two options. One, signing him long-term, and number two, less desirable, but your next best option is trading him for a haul sometime this summer. Yeah, and I think you would get great value for Elias Lindholm regardless of when you traded him, if it was this summer or next season. But to your point, Pat, the risk that you run if you don't trade him this summer is that your team bounces back, which I believe it will, and you feel like you have to move your number one centerman in season. That would be very difficult to do. I think about what happened with Johnny Gaudreau. You know, the Flames thought that was going in a different direction than it wound up going in, but even if they didn't think that they were going to be able to re-sign Johnny Gaudreau, how were they going to trade him in the middle of a season where they yep, went on to win the exactly. Pacific Division and win a playoff round? Don't so, put yourself in that spot, right? Yeah, 100%. Now, I would love to see Elias Lindholm stick around. I, I know he wasn't as productive this season as he was last, but he lost 240-goal, 100-point players who were playing on his wings. How could he be as productive this season as he was last? And he was still productive, and he was still fantastic defensively. So uh, I know the offensive numbers weren't quite as good, but they were still pretty good. And great, really, when you consider what he's getting paid. His $4.85 million cap hit, for me, is one of the biggest steals in the NHL. That's a great contract for the team, for sure. But uh, I still think that it's going to be difficult for Elias or any other players who are potentially on the fence about their future with the Flames to make a decision until some other decisions are made. Who's the general manager going to be? Is the GM being brought in to work with Daryl Sutter or to potentially bring in his own head coach? Those are questions that I would want answered if I was in Michael Backlund's shoes or Elias Lindholm's shoes. So until those questions are answered, I'm not even sure you can really well, maybe you can start a conversation with the player, but I'm not sure you can finish it. Yeah, if I'm Elias Lindholm, I definitely want to have a sit down with the new general manager of the Calgary Flames and ask him what his direction and intentions are. Because if I'm a player, I'm not sure how interested I am in committing to eight years, whether it's Michael Backlund at 34 or Elias Lindholm still on the south side of 30. I want to know what the next eight years of this franchise look like, because yeah. if it's going in a rebuilding direction, chances are that's probably not something I necessarily want to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, all right, Wilsey. Um, that's uh, it's been an exciting day for the city of Calgary with uh, a cool arena agreement, uh, a massive agreement, uh, a massive arena agreement in principle agreed upon. That is good news, and still a ton of questions when it comes to the offseason for the Calgary Flames. We'll uh, dive into more issues on Wednesday. Thank you, pal. Well, questions are good for Sports Talk Radio, right? They are indeed. That's uh, Because we can try to answer them. That's what we thrive on, <laughs> questions.
Yeah. All right. Talk tomorrow. Thank you, pal. Derek Wills, Aaron Vickers, Pat Steinberg. That is your Daily Flames Roundtable as we start to wrap things up this hour on Flames Talk. Our producers have been Cam and Taylor, Aaron Vickers, Pat Steinberg, and for Derek Wills as well. Uh, And the Flames Roundtable brought to you, as always, by our friends at Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. Enjoy the Race into Spring detail package offer for only $299. Mercedes-Benz Country Hills, just minutes from the Calgary Airport.